Leading off with a big story of the day, here's The Drive. D-Mac with Sean Moreno, kicking with KJ. I got some great sound from uh, Coach Prime about um, something that he's going to bring to CU, which is amazing. I think that's cool. Love Coach Prime. We have college football action tonight. I am um, oh, Mark Schlereth, the enemy. Oh, Mark is so mean. <laughs> Mark, where did you find this? Mark, Mark is sending me a photo of uh, Raheem Moore not making the play. Oh it's not a photo. It's like a painting. Where is that at? Mark Schlereth. Huge painting that hangs in the Ravens facility. No. So that painting, thank you, Mark, hangs in the Ravens facility. Uh 12 feet wide, 8 feet high. Oh, my Lord. Thank you, Mark. Appreciate that. Do we appreciate that? I don't know. Hey, man, does Super... Well, I don't know if Super Bowl 48 really stings for most Broncos fans. Why? Because of Super Bowl 50. Oh, that's what I'm saying. At least, you know, they, they got the opportunity to go back and actually win it. You know, it's cool. You feel all right but, about that, even though you weren't on that team? Yeah, I feel fine, man. I feel, you know... Definitely happy for the guys. You know, Eric Stewsville is still here. He got himself a ring. I was actually able to come to the parade with my daughter when she was young. It was cool. They invited me, so it was a cool experience. You Did know. you feel part of that team because you knew so many guys on it? No, no, I didn't feel like, oh, I was here with you guys. Yeah, we, we did it. No, nah, I wasn't like that, but it was just more so like, man, this is cool. This is really cool, man. Everyone came out to celebrate. It was packed out there. It would have been nice to be a part of it. But. Do you regret not having a... You played in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's got to feel good. Oh, that feels great. Um, any regrets that you didn't... You don't have a ring? Does it... Does it or not a big deal? No, not not, not at all, man. I, everything happens for a reason. I did what I had to do. I did what I did because I you know, felt like I needed to. So, mm-hmm. no, no regrets, man. The only thing I, I do think about, just think about it. Dang, I, I wonder what would have happened. Like, if I would have went to the Patriots, though, you know what I mean, and got that ring, they had, I think, was Blunt there? Was Blunt the running back? Um, well, they had a million guys. Yeah, they Who had knows? a couple guys. But, yeah, that, that would have been kind of cool. Well, how much does winning a ring actually matter? It definitely matters, man. I mean, you that's what you dream about since you're a little kid, is just being able to win that. The ultimate prize, the ultimate sport, you know what I mean, and finally get there and win it. But, I mean, like you said, a lot of guys don't even make it to the playoffs. Well, I was trying to get with you here, yeah, with Justin Simmons the other day. Um, And we could get into that now because here we go with the Broncos and the 53 and how their roster is set up. How wild is it that Justin Simmons, who has been with the Broncos a long time, has never made the playoffs? That as well. That happens a lot. Seven seasons, hasn't made the playoffs. In the last six seasons, hasn't even had a winning record. And, and Justin is a unbelievable player, incredible player. Never had a playoff experience, never has had a winning season in six seasons. So where does winning a Super Bowl look to a player like that? Oh, my goodness. How about your guy, Brandon Marshall, the receiver? Played all those years. That is the craziest one. That B. Marsh played for multiple teams. Jeez, how many years did Brandon play? 14, 15 years? I mean, a long time. No, Sean, he never played in a playoff game. Brandon Marshall, the receiver, never played in a playoff game. Wild. 
How do you even wrap your head around that? <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, man, to be doing something for so long and, you know, don't even get to the playoffs or have a winning season. Like, it's, it's crazy. So, yeah, I'll definitely feel fortunate and blessed to be able to have been a part of that for sure. Okay, so if you're in that situation like Justin and you're, you're just going after it time after time after time, um, what would you tell him, man? What would you <laughs> tell him about leadership and what the messages he needs to send to the team? Or, or, or what would you say to even lift him up, man? Like, you know, keep after it after all this time. Yeah, man, because he can't control everything that's happening with the team, right? He only can control what he can control and to be a part of that defense and to help the younger guys come up and just do what he can, right? So I would just tell him to keep on working, man. Keep on working. Keep on um, being a leader in that locker room and on that defense and and just go ahead. And, uh, you can't control anything else, really, you know, so... It's just unfortunate. Dang, not even a winning season for that boy, huh? Not for the past six years. Winning season in um, 16. So the Broncos went 9-7 and seven in 16, and they were right there, man, with Trevor Simeon. They were right there, and they had to beat the Chiefs on, like, Christmas Eve, um, and they, they lost that game. And because they lost that game, you know, there, there was just nothing you could do. And that was Justin's rookie year. And so when he played, you know, he was part of everything that was going on. But there were still a lot of really good players from that 2015 team on the 2016 mm-hmm. team, which made everybody feel like, well, the defense is so good. Maybe it doesn't even matter who our quarterback is. Right. But that was the weirdest year of all, no, Sean, because Peyton Manning retires and you just would assume, well, Brock, like, we'll just I mean, Brock's been under Payton for four years. Mm-hmm. I mean, listen, if they didn't trust Brock, why wouldn't they have got a different quarterback at some point? So you get to the end of that four years, and you're just like, well, all right. Well, Brock. I mean, mm-hmm. Brock was 5-2 and two as a starter when he was filling in for Payton. I think you guys, the Broncos, sorry. I'm sorry, I have a hard time saying that. I think the Broncos would have won in 2015 I really do think they would have won even with Brock. Mm. But I've talked to so many guys on that team, and they just say there was something magical about Peyton coming back and, you yeah. know, what D. Ware brought to the team. And it's like, okay, all right, I'm not going to, you know, hey, I'm not going to doubt what you say. You were on the team. But I think Brock could have got it done. Uh, you had to manage the offense. You didn't have to be spectacular because the defense was so good. Yeah. But, you know, you lost Malik Jackson the next year. You lost Danny Trevathan. You had the no-fly zone for the most part, and you just couldn't get that one more win that you needed at the end of the year. Mm. But nobody could have seen what was going to happen next. But they drafted Paxton Lynch because they lost Brock. And Paxton Lynch, you know, was a rookie, did not win the competition over Trevor Simeon. And kind of the rest is history. Mm-hmm. It pretty much is. So... <laughs> So now you just get know. in this spiral with quarterbacks. Yeah. How important I mean, how important do you see the quarterback position? Oh, come on. He's the he controls everything. He, he controls the game. Um so it's definitely important man to have that guy back there that has experience that can get the job done and that you know puts you in the right positions to to make those plays. So having a younger guy in there doing trying to do it is tough. It is tough, man. Who was the best quarterback you ever played with? Come on. This guy is asking crazy questions today. Um, is it that clear? Yes. It's that clear. <laughs> yeah, it's that, that clear. Uh, yeah. You played with Stafford, didn't you? I thought you were talking about for the Broncos. I'm just but, t- No, but in, in your life, in, no. in your, you know. 
Stafford was amazing as well, man. Stafford was great in college. You know what I mean? Um, he was really good. So, but no, nah, Payton. Payton was just at another level, man. It's just like having a coach out there on the field. Like, always putting his players in the right position. I'm talking about him, not the coach. I'm talking about he would go to the line and be like, you know what, we're going to change this to this because I, I see something here, you know? And I love challenging myself and being able to kind of see it through his eyes. Like, if he calls a play that we haven't ran in four weeks, it's like, oh, oh, yeah, I remember that. I remember. All right, good. And then we go out there, and, you know, and we execute it. So I love being a part of that and challenging myself in that way. But, man, he was just so amazing. And he didn't have the strongest arm in the world, right? I mean, he didn't. You can see Payne didn't have the strongest arm. But he put it where it needed to be. And it, it was beautiful, man. So One of my favorite Peyton Manning not strong arm uh, stories ever. Do you know who Mike Kliss is? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I guess, I'm, not, I'm just checking. Just checking <laughs> who you know and who you don't know. I don't know what your relationship is with the, uh, the media. Mm-hmm. I hope you have a good relationship with Mike. Yeah, yeah. Mike's, Mike's my guy. You're smiling a little bit, so I'm not sure. No, so, I, I, you like yeah, Mike, right? Yeah. Yeah. is hot. Okay. All right. All right. I just got to check. I, I don't know. I'm not sure. <laughs> So Mike wrote an article, and he called Peyton Manning's pass wobblers. Wobblers, because the pass would, you know, flutter a little bit. It would wobble a little bit. So we're out of practice, and it's late in the year. And, you know, depending on how they have the field, no, Sean, right? Sometimes you're going into where the media stands. Sometimes it's on the side. Well, this particular instance, the, you know, end zone was, like, heading towards the the building. Mm. And they're doing red zone stuff, and it's they're just kind of warming up. And Peyton Manning goes to Mike Kliss, hey, Kliss, be careful. Those wobblers hurt if they hit you in the head. <laughs> so even I love that. Manning was aware of all of that stuff. I love that, man. He had such a dry humor. Uh, he would get into you. Oh, he, yeah. he would, you know, did you like that? Did yeah. you like that kind of humor? Of course, yeah, I did. What if a quarterback doesn't have that type of humor like Tebow? <laughs> Tebow had a funny sense of humor. What was his sense of humor? I don't even remember, man. Oh, man, what was it? It was definitely, it was clean. Yeah. You know, it was super clean. That's what made it funny, probably. Right. <laughs> well. Oh, my goodness. Do you think Russell Wilson is more like Manning or Tebow in terms of that stuff? Tebow. Okay. I do, too. Tebow, for sure. How do guys respond to quarterbacks that are like that compared to Manning. You played for both. You played with Tebow. You played with Manning. I guess it just depends on who the guy is, man. Honestly, you know, I I can get it long and with anyone, really, honestly. Um, His sense of humor was just different than Payne's, you know, and I couldn't really, you know, get too tight with him. They got to lead, though. You couldn't oh, get too tight with Tebow? Well, you know, a little bit. But, you know, that Florida-Georgia. It was man. really that big of a deal? <laughs> it kept going like that? Uh, yeah, it did. That is wild. But uh, Okay. All right. What well, I'm just talking about leadership. Yeah. Because I think they're both leaders. Yeah, I, I think, I think Russell, Russell's a leader as well. Absolutely. So what kind of leadership yeah. is the most effective? What kind of leadership works with, with the guys? Because I'm watching Hard Knocks, and Aaron Rodgers is doing ski-yee, and he's, you know, <laughs> ski he's doing ski-yee. He's, 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 he's giving guys a hard time. That's always nice, though. You, you need a guy that's like has a sense of humor, that can give a guy a hard time, that, you know, you can kind of go back and forth with, you know, and that's how Payne was. And, and you can do that to Tebow as well. He just wouldn't give you much back. You right, know? right. So 
just depend on what kind of guy, who are you, you know what I mean? Uh, who would you gravitate towards? But they all were leaders in their own little ways. What does it take to believe in that leader, though? What does it take for you to buy in as a player? I got to see that worth ethic. You know I mean? I got to see what you're doing, um, not only on the field, but um, in that classroom, you know. And I feel like all the quarterbacks I played with were in that in that, in that uh, position room getting it done and making sure they knew the right uh, what to do, you know what I mean, pretty much. So, um, and you got to have a little uh, a track record though as well. But Tebow didn't have that track record, but you can just see it in him, man, that passion. That he, he was willing to do anything to win. So it was like, you got to follow a dude like that that, you know, wants to win that bad. So. Do you have any doubts that Russell Wilson will do anything that takes to win? Hmm. I don't know if anything. Mm, what do you mean? Well, see, he would just do anything. He'll line up at wide receiver if he had to. You what do you mean? think Russ wouldn't do? Hmm. I don't know. It's just I just don't think he's willing to do everything. I don't know. It's just, it's just something I'm thinking. Like I don't know. It's just like what is something? What, what is something right now that he could have done last year that he didn't do? Could have been in better shape. He was willing to do that this year. He did. Yep. Hmm. The being in shape thing is actually kind of a big deal. Because, listen, man, you don't have to be a running quarterback and run all over the place. But you got to convert on third down. you got to figure out third down somehow, right? Mm -hmm. And so two or three times a game, maybe. Well, I mean, at least it's an option. You know, at least it's going to be something that you could possibly do. I just think he got himself in a different... I don't think he was, like, in bad shape. I, I, I think he just wasn't... I think he was in, I'm going to be a pocket passer. I'm going to plant my foot in the ground, and I'm going to throw from the pocket, and I'm going to be the quarterback that I know I can be, which is tough to do when you're foot ten and you're just not, you know, the tallest guy in the world. Is he willing to take a step back and let it be more of a running team? I, I think he's made a significant adjustment this year. I praise him for the work that he's put in. It's not hard. It's a huge diet change more than a workout. Everybody works out. Like, okay, fine. But if you really want to be in better shape, come on, man. I mean, you've been through it. You've got to diet the right way. You've got to eat and drink the right way. I'm just saying, I, I feel like he wants to be the one to be like, I won this game. I, 300 yards passing. Like, can he go into a game where it's like, I only got 100 yards, but hey, we won the game and the running back had two and change? Well, Payne was willing to do that. Yeah, yeah. I don't, that's a great question. Was that the case last year? I don't think so. I don't think it, I, I don't think it was in the beginning. And then when they realized, you know, wait a second, this is, this is bad. I think it was a little bit, like, too late. And then he got hurt. And, and then it's like, you know, and then you're going through concussions and, you know, hamstring injuries, no, Sean, and where's the explosiveness? And I got I to, gotta, my head doesn't feel right. My legs don't feel right. I'm not in the right type of shape. My coach Hackett is clearly not qualified for this whole thing as a first-time head coach. And it's, it, was a, it, was a, it was a wreck. So I heard earlier as I was listening to the station, like, how many wins is a good coach worth? So whatever the Broncos are, will they be better because they have a better coach? That's a huge question. How good is Sean Payton? How, how much valuable is a coach? It's definitely valuable, but if you have the same players, I mean, that's probably just two more wins. 
better than the previous year. What are you going to do? So, huh? You know, what are you going to do? I mean, if the guys can't go out there and execute it, it is what it is. You know, Coach Prime talked about something kind of interesting. Um, he said that it's not about the culture, it's about the players. That the culture is just kind of like it doesn't matter either you got the players or not. But that goes against a lot of the things we've heard in the past. So I don't, I don't know if that's true or not. I, I'm not sure. And nobody knows about CU. Mm. <laughs> what a mystery CU is. Yeah, I can't wait. To, it's tomorrow? When is that? Saturday. Oh, Saturday. Okay. Saturday. Down at TCU. I can't, wait to, I can't wait to watch some football, some college football. It's going to be fun. Here is a, a little bit of Coach Prime. So my description and the depiction of work may be different from yours. Because I think some of y'all thinking you're working and you ain't working. What you think is work ain't work to us that's standing on this wall. Because we understand what work is. Uh, You've seen a plethora of Hall of Fame guys come in here. And the commonality that we all share, Mr. Sapp, and that's what I'm going to let you take from him, is work. We wouldn't be in those gold jackets that we had that we didn't pay for we didn't work. Man, everybody, um, so many famous guys have come in to see you to talk to the team. Did you like that at Georgia? Yeah, I didn't mind it. It was good to, to have former players come in and talk to you. Or Did it make a difference? No. <laughs> it really didn't make a difference at the end of the day. Why did it make a difference? It didn't. I mean, because, dude, we still had to go out there and, and ball and play, right? I mean, so yeah, very- but it was good hearing the stories, though, and, okay. and how they were able to... Um, get to where they were, you know, by working or the different circumstances that they had to overcome to get where they were. I mean, that, that those are the stories that I like to hear. But um, other than that, man, it was time to get out there and, and, and get to that grind. Uh, here is Warren Sapp to the team. My fingers like this, you can break them. But when I ball them up, and I ball them up, and it's me and my ten friends, now I got a weapon to fight with. You understand? Yes, you do that every day. O-line, D-line? Yeah, no friends. Not, not when we working. We have friends, we working to go to the game to whoop somebody. And the only way you do that is you whoop each other in the week. And then we come together and we put the color on and we won. And we're going to get them there. Because I know you done worked me and I done worked you, but they ain't got nothing for us. Because we put in the work. And when you put in the work, it comes out in the pudding. I guarantee you, that's Bill of Magic. And I like that. Okay. <laughs> that was fire. Like, I need that on game day. Like, if you come on on game day and say all that, bro, we like, yo, let's get it. You know, you about to say it before practice. I'm like, all right, I get it. I get it. Yeah, I get it. But he was saying some real stuff, and that's that's what we were talking about yesterday, being on that, you know, being on the practice squad. That's Now's your time to give the looks to the ones, and you got to give a great look. Yeah, I just wonder, you know, if, you, if you're getting these motivational things like, it's like every day, something every day. And it's, I, I do wonder after a while, does it sort of just like <laughs> go in one ear and out the other? Because it's the same stuff like all yeah. the time. Uh, but hey, the rubber meets the road with CU and the buffs on, uh, against TCU on Saturday. And that'll be fun to watch. And we get serious about the Broncos starting next week as they prepare for the Raiders. And the biggest question is Russell Wilson and how that's going to go. They also have a very interesting situation with their receiving core because there's only three active receivers on the roster while they have the ability to bring guys up and bring guys down. And probably good news that Judy is going to be back sooner than he's going to be gone, right? Like he's only going to be gone for hopefully less than four games, hopefully less than three. 
Are you okay with the Broncos not having that many guys on the active roster in terms of the receiving room? I'm really not. And now that, that was my worry when they were letting all of them go. I'm like, dang, they're letting go a lot of receivers in in these cuts. Um, I don't think you can get it done with just three. I don't know, one, two, three. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be tight. It's gonna be tight. They should probably bring someone up or something. And hopefully, like you said, Judy is not out for four games. Who do you think their most dynamic receiver is? I mean, Judy, when he's healthy. Okay. More so um, than Cortland. I like Cortland, though. You know what I mean? He got that big frame. I really do like him. Go up and get the rock. But Judy, man, he just has that change of pace, that change of speed, in and out of those cuts, can take it to the crib. Like, I've always liked Judy, even, you know, even at Alabama. And last year he had a really good season, even when some people were talking about maybe trading him at the, at the, at the trade deadline. I'm like, why? Why would you want to do that? Well, I think the Broncos were interested in trading him. I know. And some people on this station was even saying, yeah, why not? Um, but, nah, well, I wasn't I mean, well, you got a first-round pick for Judy, you wouldn't trade him? That was a little tough. You, you didn't have to say first round. Well, that's... I think that's what the Broncos were shopping. Mm, a first rounder? Yeah. I, but, well, listen, they, I think they were because it would take that high of a value. Yeah. Again, it's a compliment. And, and they weren't willing just to deal him for other stuff. I'm not sure yeah. about Cortland. I, I think they were shopping Cortland for like a second round. Really? Yeah, but but listen, they, they, they have a... Thing up. They well, well... They were tripping, man. Um... And I don't think I would even take a first round for Judy. Really? I'm just like, no, man. Let, the man is so young, too. He didn't even get into his groove yet. He didn't get that Stella yet. Stella well, let's, got his groove back. Let's, let's get into the receivers, what the quality of the receiver room is. You think Jerry Judy still has a first round value? Yeah, man. He's fire. All right. So where does he rank then, and what is his capabilities this entire season compared to the rest of the NFL? We'll get to it. It's the drive on the fan. The Drive on Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. I know, so I warned you. I warned you about Jerry Judy. What about him? What? I, war- I warned you. KJ, I warned him. He, uh, you did. I warned him. About what? Text line. Oh, my God. Jerry Judy for a first rounder. Heartbeat in a curse word heartbeat. Mm-mm. I get it. Listen, man. The eye test never lied. And I feel like last year, he didn't get that opportunity early until uh-huh. late. And then we saw what he can do later on in the season. He was balling. I, I agree. And it's the eye test. When I saw him, when I, when I seen him out there, I was like, man, that ball can play. I, I totally agree. Just get him the ball. Let him get comfortable. Come on, guys. And he did. Judy is, uh, <laughs> Why you is a box of rocks. He has mass talent but lacks severely between the ears. Trade him as soon as possible. Tough, man. Tough. I do, not, I, don't, I do not feel like that. He balls out this year. Everyone's like, oh, we love him. Wide open Judy, I'll throw to him all day. Game on the line, you need a catch against tight coverage. No chance I throw him the ball. His okay. hands are so disappointing in those situations. Okay. What, is, what, what do you think is going on with people in Jerry Judy, man? What do you think it is? Where, 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 where is Judy kind of lost, folks? Well, where do I want to yeah, start? Where did he, I mean, yeah. 
Well, first and foremost, I think a lot of it has to do with a lot of people said 2020 was the best wide receiver draft in NFL history. So whomever the Broncos got in that draft at receiver, they were expecting that guy to eventually emerge as the number one. So with him going through the ups and downs between the drops and the injuries and quarterbacks, you know, blaming quarterbacks and all of the other crap that's been going on around here, I think Jerry Judy, because he hasn't been able to break through with his expectations being so high, a lot of people are saying, okay, does he really have it? And it's hard to really gauge because you haven't seen him with a guy who can really help him produce. Thank you. Jerry Judy couldn't catch a cold in a snowstorm. That's just mean. Uh, you know, there's just, no, Sean, there's just some guys, man. There's just some guys that just don't connect. I guess so. Well, I see the talent, man. I see it's there. I do, too. So that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. That's all I'm saying, man. It's interesting, though, that somebody's got to be that guy. Every year, somebody's got to be that guy. I, I do believe in Jerry Judy. I think him being injured right now is, is terrible. And you're, you're left with a really bizarre situation. You want to talk about odd, as I'm looking at the Broncos' depth chart here, mm-hmm. no, Sean. Here, here are the active receivers. Can you guys believe this? The active receivers for the Broncos right now are Cortland Sutton, Marvin Mims, Brandon Johnson. Yeah, that's it. And that's it. Again, Mims, Sutton, Brandon Johnson. Wow. How do you feel going into the season if you're Russell Wilson, if your receiving core is three dudes? Now, again, they do have guys, obviously, on the practice squad. They do. Well, they got three or four guys on the practice squad that they could pull up at any time. Something like that. So it's not like that doesn't exist. But your three guys are Sutton, Mims, and Brandon Johnson. That's a C. That's a C? <laughs> C plus, maybe. Maybe. I'll get a C plus. I'll get a C plus. Uh, Judy was supposed to be up there with Rod and DT. Oh, is that what, why everyone's so upset? Because, like what you said, they were expecting so much from him, and it was like, oh, mm-hmm. he's not what we, uh, okay. Let's give the man a chance. Yeah, I think it's still, the, the it's pretty young in the yeah. career to compare him to, Rod and DT. Listen, DT mm-hmm. wasn't DT until Peyton got here anyways. I mean, you know, he's it's all right. But, you know, it, 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 he became really special once the offense got cooking. Uh, Rod was an undrafted guy who, you know, was a practice squad guy and earned his way up and became legendary. He also had, you know, John Elway. Hmm. You know, that helps too. I say a lot of things on the test line about, his, uh, just how he acts, I guess. He's a crybaby or he's, you know, whining for the ball. I mean, do you think there's that something happens. to that? No, I mean, it happens, especially with receivers, man. They always want the ball, number one. Then, number two, like you said, he has to grow. He's still young. What is his third year? Uh, um, going into his fourth? Go, guys, help me out here, man. Yeah, going, going into his fourth. fourth. He's going, going into his fourth. fourth. Yeah. 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 People are down on Judy, RamosLaw.com text line, because he drops balls and has a bad attitude. The second part of those concerns is bad attitude is a bigger problem. You can't turn around the season with Sean Payton. I don't know where he goes from there. Um, that's my guy, Neil. 
Uh, bad attitude. Um, but I mean, but I what, I would, I what I would tell the listeners is you guys got to understand that a lot of players come into the Broncos, especially these first-round picks, they have not lost much in their lifetime. So to experience mm. this much mm-hmm. losing consistently, it messes with them. It does something to them psychologically. I'm telling you guys. Man, that could be true because think yeah. about it. I'm, I'm sure his high school team was good. I'm sure his, well, I mean, yeah, went to Alabama. Yeah, they were I mean, winning. They were winning chips. I mean? mm-hmm. He probably got it too. So when was the last time he experienced three straight seasons of losing? <laughs> well, that'd be never. And not getting the ball, like no, no tugs, like, you know, getting one or two touchdowns. Like, what is this? So you came out of high school. You're, you told me yesterday, 36-0, and 0, three straight high school state championships, recruited by well over 50 schools. You go to Georgia, where your worst season—you were redshirt your freshman year—but mm-hmm. your worst season was what three losses? Yeah, three. three then losses. you come to the Broncos and you start six and zero. Oh. You start six and zero, oh, and it's like, hey, thirty-six and zero, oh, Georgia, six and zero, oh, and this is what I do. <laughs> this is what I do. But you ended up eight and eight that season. Mm-hmm. You still had like a you know a, a even season, but you did go two and eight. The rest of the season after yeah. six and zero, oh. what was that like? Yeah, that was nuts, man. I just didn't know what was going on. And like, that was hey. the first time you ever experienced losing. Yeah, actually, that 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 many games in a row. <laughs> yeah, how did it feel? It was wild. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know what I was thinking. I mean, I just thought I just needed to work harder, just keep on doing what I was doing, keep on doing what we were doing as a backfield. Um, because that's how, how I always was. E was like, hey, let's just make sure we're doing what we need to do. And everyone else will, you know, get their stuff together and follow. So, did, did the losing hang on you? Did it? Did it? Did it? Did it, 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 did it impact how you play? No, nah, it didn't impact how I play. But it, it wasn't a fun situation. It wasn't a fun time. You know, you you lose five in a row, and you come into the locker room. You know, you got Josh is just he looks so sad. You're like, man, this is this is horrible. We're gonna win this week. We're gonna win this week, and then it doesn't happen. It, it was tough. But you can't let that affect your play. Were you surprised it got worse the next year? Because <laughs> then it was just like kind of losing from the start. It wasn't, you know, there was, you didn't even have the 6-0. I mean, it was just kind of yeah. bad from the get-go. Yeah, it's just what it was what it was. Try not to hang my head too, too low when things like that happen. Man, you just got to keep on going. Okay. You got to keep on pushing, man. But, KJ, your philosophy is if you, if you just experience losing, you just don't know what that's really all about. Yeah, that's that's really what it is with Jerry Judy. I mm-hmm. think eventually he's going to emerge into a tier two wide receiver that will be like, man, he's really good. It's just going to take some time. It's 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 what Noshan said. He's growing. He's growing into what it means to be a man. What it means to be an NFL receiver. That stuff takes time. Mm-hmm. It's very rare. There is more rare for the guys to come in and be ready right away than it is for guys growing. Right, I'm going to throw it out there. Three zero three seven one three one zero four three. What does it take to win? What is the right way to win? And I'll tell you about a team that's got it going in the right direction. And boy, did they have a moment. Details next. Drive on Denver Sports Station 1043 The Fan. It's uh, D Mac with No Sean Moreno. I gotta tell you something, No Sean, about our guy KJ. Who I love. Love my guy. Still good? Good, man. Good. I'm gonna, you gotta test him. Nobody that I know follows women's sports more than KJ. 
Like, he is, and I'm not joking about anything. I'm being very serious. KJ, you are a aficionado, an expert on women's sports, correct? I, I, I would say so myself. So what, what do you find so intriguing about it? If I am being extremely honest here. No, please lie. Yeah, well, you know. Okay. Um, <laughs> Moment of honesty. I think women's sports, they get the uh, raw end of the deal a lot of the times. And I think uh, coming from where I come from, I understand what they go through when it comes to like having to really fight and claw your way towards a, a level of just sustainability, a level of greatness, a, la- uh, a level of respectability. So like it, it, I understand where they're coming from and all the things they're fighting for. So like I really want to kind of understand where where they're going and where they're trying to take their sport, where they're trying to take uh, the belief in women's sports. So all of it, man. I, I I really you know am ingrained into it because I understand that it is a tough road when most people don't believe in you, that they don't believe you're going to make it. So that's where it originated from. KJ, yeah, right. no, Sean, you're you're a a girl dad, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. What about that moment at the University of Nebraska with 92,000 people, the largest attended? I couldn't believe this. They had more people than in the uh, Women's uh, World Cup game that was held in America. 92,000 people for a women's volleyball game in Nebraska. That gave me chills. Yeah, same here. I thought it was awesome. You know, I mean, you th- you think that you know they probably don't play in front of more than like on a normal basis. What, a couple thousand? Well, Nebraska may be unique because they've got several national championships under their belt. Yeah, they're one of the best volleyball teams. What in do you the think, though? They, they probably play in front of a ten thousand. More? Uh, 10,000 would be a lot. Yeah, 10,000 yeah, 10, is about their wheelhouse, I would probably say. Okay. Like, all jokes aside. What, you think they get ten grand per game? Seriously? I, I am dead serious. Like, wow, all right. Nebraska's women's volleyball, I think, is pretty seriously taken out there. Because mm-hmm. First off, what other sports do they have to lean on? And number two, if it's great, they're going to lean into go. it. Yeah. I'm, glad, I'm glad KJ's throwing some shade at <laughs> uh, Huskers football right there. I love I, it. We can't praise Nebraska too much. No, no, no. What other Nebraska. sports? we got to be other, careful, right? Hey, man, what other sports they got? <laughs> I thought it was awesome. I, I loved seeing it, man. And to I be, a, like, you know, to be a player in that position and be able to play in front of that many people, I thought it would probably be cool for them. You know who? What was cool too? Do you know who they played? Did you catch who they played? I didn't even see that. KJ, part. do you know who they played? Um, was it Omaha? It was Omaha. So they played other another team from Nebraska, and I saw, and I think they won in three sets over Omaha. Um, and I saw a quote from a player from um, Omaha. She said it was the, the the most joy she's had in losing a match because they were part of it too. Yeah. Okay, does first of all, how did they do this? <laughs> how, how I know it was a big initiative. I know they were promoting it quite a bit. It was a big deal. But my goodness, if they could do this, if they could do this, do you think schools have an obligation? to do more for women's sports in college, to promote it more, to highlight it more, to give them the same stage as the male athletes at campus. Why can't CU get something like this going for, I don't know, their women's soccer team or maybe volleyball or whatever else they have going on? Is it Should schools do more to highlight, after what we saw last night, 
do more to highlight women's sports. Yeah, I mean, why not? Um, I think the people will come out for it, especially, you know, they're advertising. And, and you, I, you always want to go and support your the different sports at your school. You know, as a student, you're like, bro, we should just get out the house. Let's just get out and go support it. What the, what's going on? All right, yeah, let's go. You know, so uh, I think if they did it more often for the schools and promoted more and put it on the stage like this, it would be awesome. I think people will come out to it. Do you think so, KJ? Do you think people would come out for it? I definitely think so. Uh, you know, it, it, let's go local here. Um, if we were to really promote CSU women's basketball, who just became who just came off of a Sweet 16 run mm-hmm. in the last tournament, and for example, their their first big game is going to be against LSU in Las Vegas. You don't think that place is going to be sold out? I think it will. So if you were to bring that here, and let's say we put it at the stadium at Folsom Field, I think you could realistically sell that game out because the truth of the matter is a lot of people want to support it. You just got to... You got to create an atmosphere where people can believe it's worth their time. Yeah, I think think at the pro level, it's tough. Listen, it's... Hey, man, who's going to a Rockies game? Well, actually, a lot of people are going to these Rockies games, which (laughs) makes no sense. But, I mean, the team is terrible. They're, They're losing in an epic fashion. If really, seriously, you're buying a ticket for a Rockies game, I guess you're just like, you know, drinking beer at Coors Field, you know, that sort of thing. But but that being said, I think at the college level, no, Sean, I, I think you can do many powerful things to support uh, women's sports. And what we saw at the University of Nebraska last night was really one of the most powerful, empowering, awesome things that I've seen in the world of sports. Like, you know, where exactly are you going when it comes to volleyball, are you going into a pro volleyball league? I mean, I guess there is one. I don't know. Yeah, they do the, what is that, uh, beach volleyball? <laughs> yeah, well, okay, but that's beach volleyball. That's too, I mean, maybe. Right. It's not that that's, that's not an Olympic sport. Okay. But I just think that colleges can do more for their women's sports, and people will show up. People will watch it on TV. People loved it. People loved it. Mm-hmm. And I just thought it was one of the best moments I've seen in sports this year. I thought it was great, man. I I am all for that, more of that. And I think it's such a strong message to send to young women that, hey, man, we're going to do it up for you just like we would do it for the guys. Whether And by the way, it's you say it's like not revenue generating. How much revenue did they generate last night with 92,000 people in the stands? I'm going to guess, you know, Nebraska volleyball just generated a whole lot of cash. Mm. And what you really got to do, it's not the sport. It's not the fact that they're women. It's just how much you will get behind it. And when you get behind great things, great things will happen. So I cannot even believe I'm tipping my hat to Nebraska. That's (laughs) painful to do. But that's the kind of moment it was. Yeah, another school should start doing it as well. Absolutely. Every, Every major college in America should look at that last night and start planning their thing for their team. I, I know it doesn't apply for everybody, but, I mean, where would it make sense? How can you do it? You know, what can you do to lift everybody up? And that's what Nebraska did, and they should be proud of that. And let's just hope they get smoked by uh, CU in football. Football at four is coming up next.